Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Welcome back to the World Breakdown Podcast, live on Red Army Radio and on the podcast apps. Thank you very much for joining us again. I'm Johnny and with Dana and Elliot. And I'm going to start things off this week, guys, with a question. It's by McBride Borough. And he said to me, he said, Johnny, all about App Borough Breakdown. He says, can we have a more positive pod title this week? And I'm going to tell you, McBride Borough, we certainly are. We certainly are. Mills picked up four points um, in the last week, three points against Charlton, a one 0 win with a one minute uh, goal from George Savile, and then last night Mills got a penalty, a lovely ball through um, from Paddy McNair, and he's seen Marvin Johnson get taken down in the box. Paddy McNair stepped up, scored the penalty, secured the one one, and took a point home back to Teesside. Guys, I'm going to start things off. We're going to chat about Charlton first. It was a good performance, wasn't it, Dana? Yeah, it was. Yeah, we played well in parts. Um, you know, as soon as you get the early goal, you always uh, you always put yourself in a good position. I remember when I talk rank was here, we always used to score early, and and we never really lost from there. Um, Chant were crap, let's be honest. Lee Boyer said it himself, but um, yeah, it was it, it was good. I think the only bone to pick with it really was that we didn't score uh, more, and it should have been a, a bigger margin of victory. But um, I can't really complain about a, a win. Another 1-0 win, but I'll take that. I mean, how many 1-0 wins is that now? Is, have we only won 1-0 wins? Yeah, so there's been four wins and all 1-0, yeah. Uh, we love to see it. We love the 1-0 win. It's 1-0 at the Arsenal, though, isn't it? Um, but there was one change to the lineup, and we spoke about him on the previous podcast, which was really weird, and then we seen him in the lineup. Uh, Mills were managed to get Jed Spence out of Manjaro's and eating his palm off um, in the starting eleven. And I tell you what, else he was good, wasn't he? Yeah, he was really good. Um, sort of so good going forward. Um, and well, I mean, he didn't have a lot to do defensively, but he, he covered well when he needed to. Um, he, he sort of put in some good crosses. Um, and and just it was kind of a breath of fresh air. Really, um, we've struggled with that sort of position for a while, and I think that's why you obviously brought it up and said, you know, where is Jed yeah, Spence? We, he's we, quick, we, strong. Good we've good been pressing we've him. been playing Skillful. sort of centre mids um, there for quite a while. Um, so just give you know, give the lad a chance, and it and he took it, um, and it sort of complemented well with Housen. Uh, wow, um, Colson on the other side. Um, so. Do you think we look more balanced with those two? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, you know, sort of in the new formation that we've changed, we we have to rely on the width. Um, and with both of them, I think they've they've got good pace, um, good stamina, and you know, if they can whip in some decent balls, then yeah, 
It'll be yeah. very, very good going forward. We've definitely needed actual wing backs at wing back, and I think that they are wing backs. So yeah. it, it was good to see the width and obviously an outlet out wide. Yeah, it's brilliant that the fact that we spent money on two new full backs and the youth kids are pulling through, and we just look a lot better with them playing. So fair play to for giving them the chance, but. There was one bad moment in the game. Um, and it's British Sambalonga got injured, of course. It was a bad challenge on his ankle. Um, and it looks like he could be out for probably a couple of weeks. We don't really know the ins and outs of it. But with him injured, is it time, Els? Rudy Gusted coming back. <laughs> Full you know, fitness. You know what? I'm, I'm actually Blue gonna... suede shoes. Yeah. No, dusted you, down. You know what? Actually, with Rudy Gusted, and I'm the one that always kind of... Took the heat for for picking him once in my lineup and a random game, and I'm gonna I'm gonna grass Dana up, um, oh, no. because just before we came on air, um, she was saying about how uh, Rudy, she thinks Rudy Gustad will be kind of effective in the the Swansea game because of um, sort of uh, poor aerial duels and so on for Swansea. So now I can pass the the torch over to Dana because yeah, she's <laughs> the the Rudy Gustad lover. No, so. I'm gonna blame who scored for that because he did say. <laughs> sig- do you remember last week we had no significant uh, strengths? Well, one of Swansea's significant weaknesses is aerial duel. So I'm gonna. S- uh, that's why I said Rudy, but then Rudy can't uh, win an aerial duel himself. So he'll get injured anyway. So he could have he could have done the job last night. To be fair, there's my only compliment for Rudy Gustad. I thought. Mm. Since we're going to chat about Nottingham Forest, I'm going to chat about it now. Um, I thought Gusted could have done well. I think we've got a question about it as well, about Gusted. Could, could he have done better um, with Fletcher? I think he probably could have as well because the amount of balls that we pinged all the way to Ashley Fletcher and he just came back to us and it was kind of... You have to have him there with Fletcher and not for Fletcher, I think, though. Because, I mean... Yeah, we that's, were, that's true, yeah. It was it down, a, yeah. There was a massive like gap in the between the defence... Uh, sorry, between the midfield and the attack. And, I mean, if you've got Rudy just up front instead of Ashley Fletcher, then you're not really going to change anything, are you? Because it's still going to go up to him and then no one's going to gonna be there to, to kind of get I the think, ball I think him. there's that myth, though, that he's some sort of, um, you know, that he can hold the ball up well. That's um, true. But I, I don't actually feel like he can. He, he had the chance against um, uh, Crew, and, and he was awful in that game. Um, he was just kind of you know he's the most senior player on the pitch I think at, at the start of the game um, and you're thinking I should you know should tear crew defence apart and uh, leak, you know hold the ball up well and bring some of the runners into play I think Marcus Brown started that game Steve Walker Marcus Tavernier um, and he, he just I don't think he won a single header or, or helped even when he got did bring the ball down um, he, he sort of he got the ball took off him straight away anyway so you, you yeah. see six foot four though and you assume that he's going to be a yeah, a big exactly. target man and I suppose it's not it's not always for everyone and even, even <laughs> I've, you've just reminded me something actually even when he does get the ball played into him um, the kind of main sort of um, thing with him is kind of that um, I don't know if you remember the, the Swansea game uh in the Premier League. Oh, don't remind me. Um, when Negredo put in that ball um, for him, the outside of the foot. Um, was that John Rudd? J- sorry, Jason Rudd. Sorry. No, it was no, Rudy. no, it was it was Rudy. Yeah. It was Rudy. I remember it. Uh, yeah. War flashbacks. See, we didn't deserve to stay up if we couldn't score those yeah. chances. The quality of Alvaro Negredo. I miss you so much. Please, Alvaro, come home. I me, can't. I still me can't and the believe. Kids miss you. I still can't believe people thought he was crap and yeah. useless. It's crazy to me, but one anyways. of the best strikers we've ever had, Alvaro Gredo. In my um, team of the decade, I, easily, mm. unreal. I mean, to be fair, he hasn't got much competition like 
Chris Killen, Chris Boyd, <laughs> Scott McDonald, Caleb Fallen, Marlon King. Like, come on, there's not, really, there's not really much to, yeah. to play with, to not be fair. True. But Forrest, um, do you think they'll be kicking themselves down a little bit because they had a lot of chances to put the game to bed and then you know, we've went the other end and equalised, haven't we? So. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, you look at the stats after the game and it's fairly identical really nine shots three on target for both teams um people were saying afterwards that they they should have absolutely annihilated us but if you can't get your head on a, a cross from six yards out then you don't really deserve to win the game and um it's like there was a tweet up afterwards of the marvin johnson um the tackle on marvin johnson it was outside the box and people were saying well you know it doesn't matter about that because we should have buried the game well before and um probably true because they they had openings I wouldn't say they had the chances but they had the openings for the chances and they just didn't connect well enough with the service and um really surprised actually because Lewis Graben's a, a really good striker at this level but he just didn't there wasn't many really moments where I had my heart in my mouth and I'm thinking oh crap like here we go again we're going to concede because they were just wasteful and and like I said if you can't finish your dinner then you don't really deserve to win the game I was going to say that with those statistics as well, we I think we had the same, didn't we? When you were saying nine and nine and three, we um, had the same amount of opportunities. So it may kind of look as though Forest were on top, and they were in terms of possession. They might have got in behind a lot, but they didn't create clear cut opportunities. So yeah, it was like I was saying to to Phil before we went on air that like they are a team that deceives because they have all of the the frilly fancy players, and I thought Joel Olley would tear us a new a new one. To be honest, but he didn't and. Um, they just didn't have the the cutting edge in front of goal, so you can have all this fancy, you know, create creativity in midfield, but if you don't have the the sharp edge in front of goal, then are you really that good? Were you really that much better than us? That's true. That's true. They uh, were they were ineffective. I mean, to we be were f- I mean, to be fair, you don't deserve to win football matches when you got Sammy Amiobi playing on the wing. <laughs> like, d- who we found out was only twenty seven. Yeah, twenty seven. <laughs> yeah, another Charlie Adam in it. How old Charlie Adam? Thirty. Three. 33, I thought it was 57. So we worked out Sammy Amiobi must have only been 21 when he was at Borough. Yeah, must have been a Ben. Yeah. Can't believe that. And he looked about 40. Yeah, I can't believe it. Honestly, God. anyway, let's check out Jonathan Woodgate. Um, we've been very critical of Jonathan Woodgate over the last few weeks. Um, myself probably being one of the main culprits for it. Um, but he did something quite good in the game against Nottingham Forest. And in the first half... Like I mentioned earlier, like I think we got pulled apart a little bit. I know you said that they, they need to score and they didn't, but he reverted to a back four um, in the second half. And do you think Woodgate deserves a lot of praise for that? Yeah, I think he does. Um, obviously, you need to be able to adapt to a game, and uh, you know people are, will probably say that the the goal kind of forced his hand a little bit but you still have to make the change and um, I will say though that I think the way that we approached the game was the right way to approach the game people talk about Pulis ball afterwards um, to me but you have to sit back and try to contain them because they do hold that threat and um, you know as soon as you kind of step out and try to play against them and try to be offensive against them they're gonna they have the quality to pick you apart and yeah I mean they were getting in behind the wing backs but I think we were good enough on the cover and we we sought out to to contain them and um, and frustrate them and I think we were quite successful um, doing that and changes need to be made I think if you 
trying to go down that route against a team like Forest, you're not going to be able to, to keep a clean sheet. I don't think they're going to eventually breach your back line and, and score a goal against you. So I think that eventually it was going to happen that they were going to concede, uh, that we were going to concede, sorry. Um, and I think that the change obviously was needed. Um, I did say that Jed Spence probably should have came off because he did get a yellow card and I don't think he was committing as much offensively and defensively. And Marvin Johnson came on and he influenced the game and obviously we, we became more offensive and we took that risk and it paid off in the end. So I think hats off to Jonathan Woodgate, he definitely deserves the credit for that. No, fair enough. Um, so there's a player that missed missed out on, the, on those couple of games. Um, and we've got a question about it as well from uh, Tom Muldowney. Um, and he says, are we a better team without Lewis Wing? Um, now, Lewis Wing was fantastic last season. It was a bit more of like a re- revelation, really, but we didn't really have much going forward. Um, this year, it's kind of been, dare I say, a little bit the opposite. Um, I, th- I don't think he's been as good um, as we've wanted him to be. Um, so, are we a better team without Lewis Wing? Yes, no, maybe. Because I thought I was, I was I thought Adam Clayton's been great the last two games. Well, not obviously great to be, but he's done. He's done a very very professional yeah, he's job. Yeah, he's been. He was definitely needed last night. I thought the the way that we set up. Um, I'm not sure. I think it's weird because it's not immediately obvious to me because I don't think anybody is really stepping up in his his absence. Um, well, I'll say that Savile scored, so technically he did, but. Um, there's always been question marks over over Savile. Um, Wing again this season, like you mentioned, reiterate he's not been great. Um, but I don't know. I think it's I think it's too early to say. Obviously, we're only two games without Lewis Wing, so I think it's probably too early to say. But um, it could have easily been just the case that we had more balance because we had better wing backs and more pace in the last two games because Jed Spence was introduced in the Charlton game where Lewis Wing wasn't. So. Probably too early to say, and I think it's also a mix of, of other things why we've been better the last two games. Mm. Yeah, it is uh, it is difficult to say, really. I think um, I don't think any of the centre midfielders, perhaps, you know, from McNair, has been fairly consistent um, that any of them have kind of had a long run of good games. Yeah, you could maybe argue Tav had a couple of good games here and there. Um, Savile, obviously, for scoring. Clayton, maybe on, early on in the season. But, um, yeah, I don't think... Um, I especially think as well, sort of that position where he's been playing in that holding position in place of Clayton, that either of them are, are particularly great at that role. I think we could do with, I don't think it's the main aim in the January transfer window, but I think we definitely need one, if not January, then in the summer, um, a new centre defensive midfielder. A return of John Oliver Mikel. <laughs> where is he now, anyway? Uh, he signed for someone, but I can't remember who, who it was. Is, it, is he? I thought he was in Saudi Arabia, wasn't he? Guitar? I don't know. Obviously, I know we signed China. him to China, but I don't know where he went I don't think he went back to China. I think it was probably one of the ones you mentioned. I can't remember. Was it Turkey? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think been, it, was, yeah. Yeah, it was Turkey. See, got John, one of the sporting. If you're listening to the podcast, please come back just for six months again. <laughs> now, nah, to be fair, his legs were absolutely godlike. So, yeah. mm. what he did was class when we need them to. Um, I agree with you as well. I think we do need a centre defensive midfielder. And I've been kind of campaigning for that for... The last couple of seasons, really, I remember saying at the back end of last season, well, the start of last season, where we were crying out for someone who can just cut the passes out. Um, yeah. You don't necessarily tackle. You don't have to be. You don't have to tackle in this game anymore. It's, it's crazy as it sounds. Um, intercepting and reading the game well is invaluable within this division. Pep Guardiola won the Premier League with the lowest tackles, like I think of all time. I think um, so. 
I think we do need to have a look at that, and we need to address it. I think you need to have a look at pace. We also need to have a look at well IQ of the game, uh, to be honest, because I think we we really do lack that. And, and the likes of Ben Little and you know the the youth players and Lewis Swing, for example, they just don't have that. Dare I say it, the ability for that just yet? Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's what I guess. When you look at sort of Clayton and his, his sort of heyday um, alongside Ledbetter. Back in 2003. <laughs> oh, in there 2003. we go. For a breakdown, there we go. <laughs> Tick, dingo. Dingo. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously they did very well in Karanka's system. And I think the system played more to Clayton's strengths than his actual footballing ability, um, to be perfectly honest. And I'm kind of watching, um, and it's a very pivotal role, as we all know, Um in sort of any formation, especially if you've, you're going to have three in midfield, or it's four-two-three-one, it's kind of you know pretty much the same. Um, the holding midfielder, but I, I just don't understand what when him and Winger are in those positions, they're they're in very weird positions all the time. They get dragged about all over the place, um, and then <laughs> the amount of times we've seen the the Riverside when um, centre midfielders come here and they just absolutely run the show. Um, you've seen it with. Uh, John Swift. I know we ended up winning the game, but we've seen it with John Swift. We've seen it with uh, was it Barry Bannon? Barry Bannon. Yeah. Um, and I can't think of all the cases off the top of my head. Ruben um, Neves was the best centre mid I've seen in a long, long yeah, time in this division. That, Don't yeah. get me wrong; he should never have been in this division, but he was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and that's uh, all down on positional play, really, and we need to improve that. Okay. Well, to be fair, Middlesbrough are looking towards experienced players to help with the youth players that are coming through. And last, I want to chat about the academy quite a bit. And I think we did mention it on a couple of... I think last was the back the start of last season or something. When we were looking forward to this season. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Um, and look, look, how, well, yeah, look how things have changed. Um, but Middlesbrough, last night, they had six academy players um, featuring the game. Uh, Dale Fry, Jed Spence, Hayden Coulson, Steve Walker, Ainsley Pears and Marcus Tavernier. The kids are doing all right, aren't they? Yeah, they've um, they've been welcome. I think people have wanted it because obviously Jonathan Woodgate said in his press conference initially that you know there is a, a pathway there for young players, so it's good to see. And and I think the a big takeout from the the draw last night is there was an element of pride attached to it, and I think it was because of those young players. I mean, you saw Steve Walker celebrate as if he'd scored that penalty, um, and that's what it means. Obviously, they're coming into the team and they want to they want to stake a claim for the first team and. You know, it's it's really good to see, and it's a perfect time for them to be in the team and to step up, and mm. they're doing it. Yeah, I think we've got a question from Ian Smith as well, and he's, he's asked like, how good is Hayden Coulson? Is he the one that's impressed you the most, Els? Yeah, I think he's he's probably featured um, the most, and I think when we've seen him, um, it kind of reminds us, I guess, a bit of how George used to be down that left hand side. He's he's got the legs to do it. He's got really good skill for a left back. Um, I think he's very good on the ball. Um, and we're seeing obviously the, especially from Saturday, Jed Spence almost following that mould, and I think it could be good going forward if we're keeping with this um, three at the back, five at the back. Um, yeah, but I think Hidden Coulson's featured the most um, and impressed the most in sort of pre-season. We didn't know whether it was going to be the case because a lot of a lot of the academy lads started in pre-season. Um, and he got a chance considering it's probably one of our most stacked positions considering Friend was their baller as well. We just signed a left-back. Um, so I think he's done very well for himself to get in. Some of the others you could maybe say down to injuries, but... Um, took their in, chance Yeah, they've, 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 took, they've took the chances. I mean, Ainsley Pears got more clean sheets than Randolph, so... 
That was yeah. quite a good start that yeah. when I when I saw that. Yeah, it's good, and I, I agree with you as well. Um, with the stacked uh, left back situation, but it's crazy how things turn out because you spend four million on on what two two wing backs or something was it two and a half for Anthony Dick and whatever we've paid for Macworld, whatever. Um, but it's crazy how the academy kids are everything and more. What yeah. we wanted from those current fullbacks, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's it's credit. Where's credit to you? Though I think they've been absolutely marvelous. Apparently. I think he, um, I think he played uh, left wing when I Did watched you? him in uh, pre-season. I think he played there in the Saint Etienne game and the Gateshead game where I went away to, um, and he was really good in there because I think Patrick Redding played left back in the Gateshead one. Um, I think they might have swapped at half time. Um, and Stephen Wern was also, I think, filled in at that, at that side at some point as well. Um, but yeah, he was really good in that game as well. Um, and against Saint Etienne, I thought he was quite composed considering, you know, things considered Saint Etienne were, um, I think, finished fourth in Liga last year. So I think he's perfect for that wing back role, though, Kilson. As Spence as well because they've got the pace and they've got the like offensive ability. And um, Coulson, I think, at the beginning of his career in the academy, he did come through as a left winger and. He's kind of versatile down that left-hand side. I think he actually played right on the right-hand side at one point in the St. Etienne game, so he's he's got that versatility, and um, I think he's suited to that wing-back role. Both of them have, have been... They've put in some very good balls as well into the box. Um, the main criticism that I think baller faced um, was obviously he wasn't great at defending. Obviously, he featured in some games, such as that Sheffield game, which he wasn't helped by us playing the, the 4-3-3 system and, and Fletcher drifting inside. But his his quality of getting across in the box was very poor. Um, he couldn't really get it high enough and beat the first man. Um, but Colson, <laughs> <laughs> um, but Colson and, and especially Jed Spence in the Charlton game um, were putting some really good crosses. Mm. It's it's great. But is there anyone else that's not say surprised you? But anyone you've been impressed by? You know, Dana, are you eating humble pie a little bit on Tav yet? Still not yet. <laughs> not yet. Cut Still not out. yet. Cutlery's been out. He's collecting dust at the moment. No, but he's been he's been good. Um, last night he was in a different position, so I don't think he was as effective and influential. But um, he's definitely improved. And maybe all he needed was just a string of games in the right position because he was shafted out wide. I, I mean, obviously he did come through as a winger, but I don't think he is one. Is <laughs> this shafted out wide or shifted? Shafted. <laughs> shifted in it. Either or. Grammar police. Shafted. Yeah, I think shafted. Oh, shafted it's, sounds like he's been like um, he's been physically shafted. <laughs> I thought you were meaning like what, what I thought you meant. No, what I thought you meant at first was when he shafted out wide. It meant like he was put out there against like his own will type of thing. But yeah, yeah, that's probably not the right word. But he was um, <laughs> he was put out wide, and I don't think he's a winger. So, but then I was sorry. I was saying, <laughs> sorry, don't worry about it. I was thinking um, before that. What is he? influential enough to be a number 10 and I think we're starting to see a change in him but I'll reiterate we're only starting to see we are, we're not there yet so have you have you, have you just put the pie in the oven you'd like put on a gas mark six you know you've got your cutlery out waiting it's just it's, it's in it's in the oven you just don't want to take it out yet or is it yeah. s- it's still raw in the middle still raw in the middle I think yeah I think that's a good way to put it right, fair enough then um Add a bit of treacle on it. Add a bit of treacle on it. <laughs> a bit of custard. <laughs> Back nice. to 2003. Ah, uh, well, you're the one saying it now. <laughs> well, <laughs> if you can't take the mic out yourself. Now. Um, 2000 and Gisted. Um I'm Googling the word shafted now. I mean, 
<laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't. Evan <laughs> Dictionary. Uh, yeah, definitely don't look at that. Um, so, else, whilst you're looking at the word shafted, Dana, um, I, we chat about a lot about identity, and it's something that we spoke about over the, like the last two or three seasons. Raw blog posts about it. Fans showing disconnect. We've seen fans getting annoyed. We talked about the the ticket prices last week. Um, but seeing the players on the pitch and the academy players coming through now, is that the identity that you associate Millsville Football Club with or is that the identity that you you kind of want to see? Uh, I think it's always, a, I guess, a prerogative that fans you know, want the academy lads to do well and I think any club um, out there always wants a you know, blend of, of homegrown talent. Um I wouldn't say it's. I guess it's our true identity. I know we've had teams in the past that have, that have included a lot of youth players. I think we've had some come through that are um, good. I wouldn't say we have as good of academy as you know, say Southampton or West Ham um, have had. Um, but you know, we've we've had some good players come through, um, and I think like like Dana said, what it means to them, um, I guess, helps the fans reconnect in a sense, like seeing Steve Walker celebrate. Um, you imagine, you know, Johnny Housen's obviously, you know, elated when we score as well. I mean, but to Johnny Housen, it's kind of it's his job. He's a, he's a professional player. It's just he's been, he's, game, been, he's, isn't been, it? he's been playing for a long time. Mm. Um, whereas to Steve Walker, it's you know one of his first games in the um, in the first team, and um, you know he's he's come through the academy and finally got got a place in there. Um, so he's he's sort of happy. Um, for any any sort of result, and, and if he scores, you know, I mean, it, it'll, be, it'll be over the moon. Um, I think the same kind of with I don't know he wasn't a young lad, but Jordan Hugel last season when he scored the first goal, he was kind of over the moon um, with his first goal. Um, so I think sort of in terms of the identity, I think obviously under Karanka there wasn't many sort of players that came through from the academy. I think there was only what Ben Fry. Gibson really. Um, I, I guess Fry towards the end of it. Um, so I think the fans can be connected. Without that, because you know we were, you know, a lot of fans um, re- resonated with the club very well then, even though there wasn't a sort of strong um, sort of upbringing of the academy and the team. Um, but I think in the sort of situation of plight that we're in now, um, it does help, and it helped a lot with Sunderland as well. Um, even when they went down, they've had a lot of academy lads come through um, who've sort of you know, played well in parts. Um, they've helped towards sort of building identity of the club. Because we're getting rid of a lot of the high earners. I think the only one that really remained, I don't know whether he ever took a pay cut, but Aidan McGeady, it was weird seeing Aidan McGeady in League One. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a great thing at the moment. Um, you know, it's kind of not a good thing that it had to, had to happen because of injuries and the current situation we're in. But um, it's it's one positive in a in a season of, of huge negatives so far. Both dinner. Yeah, happy with. Well, I was whilst you were searching. I thought the you word. were going to ask me what I found about the word shafted, and by no, the way, on, it has been used in a football context. Right. Thierry Henry was shafted out wide at the beginning of his career, uh, and okay. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna like back up what I said. I think Tav wants to be a central player, so technically, maybe he has been moved out wide against his will, or maybe not. Maybe it's not that deep, but. You know, <laughs> Gary Monk's like, get out wide. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you're playing, son. I'd be surprised if he was like that. Yeah. Now, I've been Marcus, you are going outside now. You are playing <laughs> on the left wing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Monkbot. No, 
Thank you, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> every single, I swear, every podcast, it just gets weirder and weirder. It's yeah. great, though. I love to see it. <laughs> Absolutely love to see it. Um, but what I was saying, uh, Els, was about identity and about the players coming through. And is is that what you want to see? Is 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 Middlesbrough Football Club associated with the academy players? And is it the club that is it? What's the best way to say it? Like the vision for Middlesbrough Football Club. If you had eleven academy players on the pitch, would you be like happy? And is that representative of what you believe? Like what Mills football club um, should be? Not necessarily 11, but definitely a, a mix, a bit of a blend. And it kind of goes back to, I guess, the, the the rebirth of the club really in 1986. Obviously, I wasn't born then, but from um, people in my family, it was a really... Uh, it, it was a time to, to be proud of, of a team that mainly hailed from the academy. And uh, I think sometimes you find the best players in really bad times. And I, I know it's not all doom and gloom, technically, because, we're, let's be honest, we're not Sutherland or, you know, we're not buried, for example, but um, we're not going in the right in the direction that we have done in the past and in the recent past. So, um, yeah, I mean, people just want a team to... to be proud of and I think after the game yesterday I think we had that um, but it is early days like I said because I remember under Gary Monk there was a point where I was like oh god yeah we've got our team spirit back and it just didn't materialise after that so I don't want to say anything and jinx it because I seem to be jinxing everything at the moment but um, yeah it was it, obviously it's good and, and we have lacked an identity so glad that we're, we're starting to get something back no, I fully agree it's nice when we all agree isn't it um, but I'm going to move on to Dan Randolph before we move on to Swansea away at the weekend now I put a tweet up um, and got pretty annihilated by it you always uh, say this but you get like one tweet I always get I got one tweet I got I've about, been annihilated I've got about four <laughs> tweets from people saying that Randolph wouldn't do that He's, he cares about the club too much you know what I'm going to say it live on the podcast you haven't seen my tweet I don't think Darren Randolph is injured. I just don't believe it. Like, how can someone <coughs> say be injured and then go on international duty? Okay, like clubs can communicate. Um, play two games to the Republic of Ireland, come back, play a game, and then mysteriously be out till January. That was weird. And the, then somehow weird. West Ham United are now going to buy him. Like, come on, man. It was come weird on. and weird management that he was like, Obviously, we had Ainsley Pears in for the Huddersfield. Was it for the Hud- it was the Huddersfield game, wasn't it? Yeah, good old Ainsley. Yeah, yeah. and then, then he, he came, came back, back for I think two matches, two or three. And then um, he's out again. Eddie, the last match he played was the the whole one, um, but that was the one where when we were were talking about it, the whole one, um, I could see how seething he was from the south stand. Like when that second goal went in, he was furious um, because of how that game went. That we were two 0 up and. And so there was just an onslaught, and we just sat back. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if I, I don't want to go out on a limb and, and kind if of fully agree with Johnny. Violence. But it, it wouldn't surprise me if if you're right because no, I, I can't. Does does but then again, anger, that, on pitch angle like that always result in I want to leave? Because that to me shows that yeah. the, that he cares. Not necessarily. Yeah, not necessarily. Yeah, not necessarily. I guess um, because there was kind of the first injury uh, where everyone was saying, you know. Um, that he, he wants to leave, and then he kind of well, apparently would get said he came and knocked on his door and said he wanted to play, um, and he he played out of the blue. So it's hard to gauge. Um, it really is because obviously in, in press conferences he's going to say he's injured, and he'll have a, an elaborate story. Yeah, for but it, Woodgate but. told me the table was lying, and I believed him. So 
what, what, what can I expect now? <laughs> I forgot about that for a second. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't. I, I don't know. I, I can't. You know, from from all we, all we've seen of players and what you see of management. You know, we we even we even seen Dan Randolph ourselves in the Borough Ground, but you know what can you, oh, yeah, you gauge for a person from that? I don't know. From the back of his head. Yeah, um, he's a vegan. I don't know. That, that, that's all we know about him. He's a vegan. He's a good keeper, but we don't know whether he's a but would sort of wholehearted person or whether he. Because he left West Ham because he was second fiddle. So was it was it was it Joe Hart at the time or was it Adrian? I can't remember. Adrian, Adrian. Yeah. So would he want to go back? I don't think as soon, be... as soon as Fabianski comes back, he's number one. He's outright number one. Yeah. But I don't know how long he's out for. I know he's my he was my FPL keeper, so cheers, Lucas. Thanks for that's that. That's what I mean. So if they Thanks do sign him, they'll have they'll have four keepers because they've got um That horrible keeper Roberto who's yeah, Roberto, the worst and they've keeper got, in the Premier League. Is it David Martin, is it? Is that his name? Good old David um, Martin. I was so buzzing for him that for that Chelsea game. Yeah. Yeah. Crowd on the pitch. Was that his f- Debut, Premier League Premier debut, League debut age, like 33 or something, yeah. yeah. Off at that, innit? But I don't think that Randolph will go back um, just because of playing time. I think he's a, a great keeper and obviously one of the best in um, the Championship. But like you're saying, if it's going back to the Premier League, he's got to be knowing that he's got to be starting. Um, so I don't think West Ham is the necessarily the right club. It, it, you would have thought he would have left to somebody then who just went up, like, say, maybe Norwich, but obviously they signed um, Ralph Farmer at the time, but, you you, know, you think... What about Southampton? Because they've been chopping and changing keeper, haven't they? Obviously, they got rid of uh, Fraser Forster. Yeah. We've got Alex McCarthy and... Angus Gunn. Angus Gunn, yeah. Angus Gunn, so... I'd, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're after one. I'm the only sure. thing I'm thinking is, you know, if West Ham let him go for five billion, what was it, maybe three years ago, and he's 30 now, 31? 32. 32, yeah. What? You're in your prime, though. Goalkeepers can play. Yeah, no, I know they can. Obviously, it's just kind of I, I can't see it being a sound investment for a long term, like a long term investment for a Premier League club. So I don't know who's really going to come in for him for a short term deal. They are after Jack Butland and um, Asmir Begovic as well. So maybe it'll probably be the cheaper of the the three that they'll probably go for because they probably won't want to spend. You're not going to splash out on not a first keeper, really. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, he's a great keeper, like, and I love him a bit, but it's just like, it's just a bit fishy, isn't it? It's a bit fishy. I don't don't think it is. I think he's just injured. I don't even know if I'm just like making. Maybe go down here with. We'll go down here with on. You know what? You know what? Maybe I will. Maybe I'll get my binoculars out there and start. (laughs) Doing a bit of Marcelo Bielsa, yeah. <laughs> do it. Well, a few, few people are, it. few people are saying that well, um, AMC Perez has been fine anyway, but I don't think AMC Perez has properly been tested enough to be honest. Like there's, yeah. there's been some of the games that he's played, like Charlton. <laughs> At first, I was thinking I, I didn't know what you were talking about there when you said tested enough. I thought you meant like like fitness tests and stuff, and like <laughs> that he's like game. not like checking like, his blood. <laughs> yeah, like fit to play or drugs or something. I'm like, where's this going here? <laughs> and then I realised what you meant. Yeah, but it's like the Charlton game. Like they were, they were awful. My manager even said that. And then Barnsley. I, I was going to say in some of the games he hasn't been. You know, if he'd have played in that Sheffield game, who knows what could have happened. But um, yeah, I think even yeah, like you're saying, Barnsley. There was they didn't offer an awful lot. Huddersfield it was even the same. Hull in the first half. Um, yeah, Hull in the first half. Yeah, so. So I don't think he's. Well, is, is that a credit to get then for the shape? Check the shape change and. You know, becoming more defensively sound. I mean, it's a bit hard. Mm, to, it's, it's a, a bit hard to both. create chances when you've got like nine defenders on. But you know, moral of the yeah. story is, we like to defend. It was a mix of both. I think 
shout out to Johnny Housen because I think he's been brilliant in like his uh, right side and centre half. But like the whole game, it was strange because you have a midfielder playing makeshift centre back, and you've got a you've got Tommy Zan Jackson Irvine there, and you're not you know you're not getting close to Housen in aerial battles or anything. So that was a bit weird. Um, so I, I don't know. I think obviously credit to Woodgate for I think he's sort of. <laughs> We're sort of more watertight. I'm not. Hopefully, I don't jinx it. Touch wood, but I think it's also a mix of just poor. I think. Yeah. I think obviously since the the whole formation change, obviously there's been some still terrible games. Um, obviously the Leeds game and a few others. Um, but I think we're always going to lose to some top teams anyway. We we said it. Um, even before the chef were drubbing that we're going to get beat. Um, quite heavily by some teams. Um. And we have, and I think, I think we were kind of maybe expecting that against Forest as well, just because of their form and the fourth in the table, good at home. Um, so it was a good point there last night. But I think some defeats are obviously going to come, but that's not where we're wanting to pick up points against. I mean, I'm, I'm glad to pick up a point from someone in the top four, um, but I think that's not where we were kind of aiming anyway. We're obviously aiming to beat the teams around us, like Charlton and Barnsley and Reading, Wigan, the ones that we've beaten and stuff. So. Um, and I think that's a great opportunity with Stoke and, and Huddersfield coming up. Um, but it, I can't really, I can't really just put it down to one particular thing. I think our forms improve for a, a multitude of reasons, and I think uh, formation changes changes probably help. Personnel as well with the width. Yeah, Coulson yeah. And, yeah. and Spence. Coulson and Spence. Yeah, fair enough. The question we got for Randolph just before we move on to Swansea from Sam Hargreaves, he said, how much would you sell Randolph for? Just a quick answer. How much did we buy him for? Was it five, five mil? Five milli. Get your money back? Five yeah, mil? Yeah, try to get five, six, if we can. Try but and get the money back, but it It is January, isn't it? Yeah. So we could play hardball, get seven. Pay a bit of premium. Yeah, I agree about seven million. Yeah. Plus he's one of our best players, so yeah, I think maybe upwards of uh, five million. Yeah, fair enough. All right, okay, let's chat about Swansea. Swansea been playing very well so far this season, um, with the new manager coming in as well. I can't remember his name. What's his manager called again? Um, Steve, Steve, Steve Cooper. Cooper. That's the one, Steve Cooper. Um, they actually are playing very, very good stuff as well. They come back to the Swansea City we all know and love with the possession style of football. Guys, I'm going to pass the mic over to you. Um, we don't do very well at Swansea, so could our tide change and could we pick up some points? No, you mentioned there we don't do well at Swansea. They've uh, won three of the last six meetings um, against us. Two draws, one Borough win. Can anyone remember that game? Uh, there's only one game I can remember against Swansea. It was when under Tony Mowbray when we got beat 4-3, I think. It was 3-1 up. <laughs> Yikes. No, it was the 3-0 win against Bob Bradley. Bob. Oh yeah, in the Premier League. Yeah. yeah. Sixteen, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, so that's the only win in the last six meetings against us. Um but yeah, like you said, the they've got that possession based style back. Um they've actually uh they have Bob Bradley. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know. Um they've made they made five hundred and ninety six five hundred and ninety seven point six passes per game, which is the fourth most in the championship. On the flip side we are the fourth worst when it comes to passes per game. With uh, 332.5. Um, however, with that, only three teams have been dispossessed more times than Swansea. Um, just looking on who scored, there was areas to exploit, and that's when I mentioned Rudy just said. They are apparently weak at aerial duels. However, when I looked into their set pieces, 
and how many goals they've uh, conceded from set pieces. I think it was only three or four. So I don't I, I don't know whether that is a, an area that we, we can go down. But interesting stat, Paddy Menaire is actually the most fouled player in the championship. Um, he's been fouled 53 times ahead of uh, Matias Pereira of, of West Brom, who absolutely run Swansea ragged the other day, didn't he? He was mm. brilliant. Um, but yeah, I mean, a, a potential... Uh, weakness of theirs, Ariel Jules. Maybe we can get Rudy on and um, Rudy, or maybe Fletcher. Rudy. I mean, Fletcher is over six foot. Is he six foot two? Yeah. I wonder if Matthias Pereira fancies playing for us one game. <laughs> we, we'd make him into a left back. Absolutely outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. And Dean Garner, and it was really Dingana, frustrating yeah. me because we were after Dean Garner, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Dean Garner. Oh, oh my god, like they were just unreal. Like they are. They've, if West Brom and Leeds do not go up the season, I said it last week, it is an absolute mm-hmm. travesty. They're, they're already sort of ten, uh, 10 points clear. Yeah, there's um, a big yeah. gap, so, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. But uh, Romain Sawyer's as well, we were after him. Yep. R- freebie as well. Strings. Shame. Freebie. Hmm. Shame on you, recruitment. Shame. <laughs> um, in, in terms of obviously, uh, you mentioned them doing well this season. Um, of late, they haven't been doing um, brilliant. Um, they are still they're eleventh from the table, but it's only four points off the like playoffs. Wow, point. really? Yeah. What? Um, but yeah, they are um, they are eleventh from the table. Um, thirty points are joint with Blackburn, Brentford, and Millwall on thirty points. Um, it's very tight between sort of fourth down to about fifteenth. There's only six points separating them all, which is incredible um but yeah sort of in the last five games um i don't think they've won um i had it up a second ago um yeah i don't think they've won in the last five um which is is quite poor form for them um obviously like you mentioned that west brom game um they lost um lost at home of fulham drew away at huddersfield and huddersfield down to 10 men um, got beat at home of millwall um and then drew with chef wed so the last time they won was the beginning uh, of November against Wigan, um, so potentially a good time to play them. Um, they actually away all season. <laughs> they actually um, they actually are playing tonight though um, against Blackburn, so we'll see how that result goes. Um, oh, Morgan, do us a favour, go on. But yeah, potentially a good time to play them. Um, obviously, with their sort of style, like you were mentioning, they went back to kind of this possession-based um, football and. I guess the fans will probably like that when you're talking about identity. They'll they like to have went back to that. That's kind of what always defined um, Swansea, really. Um, they've still got a good squad on paper since... Is this, is this also the third year? Or is it the second year? Second. Second, okay. So they've still got a decent squad on paper. Um, they, they sort of they, they know their style. that They've played a 4-2-3-1 all season. Uh, they've got Freddie Woodman um, in goal. Connor Roberts once of Middlesbrough um, for a yeah, very f- blink he... and he's gone hang on didn't we like not play him and then he went back and then scored against us I think so that was correct right here. yeah that's classic Borough um, uh, they've got yeah Connor, <laughs> Connor Roberts uh, Van der Horn who seems like he's been there forever um, Kyle Norton uh, Wilmot Jay Fulton Kyle Norton. Matt Grimes <laughs> Andre Farmer IU is it um, I get mixed up between the, the IUs Andre yeah. Andre and who's the Jordan, Jordan, Crystal Palace. Jordan, are you right? Andrea was the better one, and then he moved somewhere, didn't he? And then came. Back. Went they both at Crystal Palace at one point. Yeah, really weird. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, then we've got Byers, uh, Christoph Peterson, um, and Sam Surridge played the last game up front. 
Um, so it's still a decent squad um, on paper. They've also got um, Borja Baston. I think they signed him in the, the Premier League, wasn't it? I think for it's mm-hmm. quite a big fee. I remember wanting Borja signed him. He's on Yeah, so he, he came for a big fee. So I imagine he's on big wages. So I think the, them this year is kind of like exactly like Borja last year where they need to kind of they need to do well and perhaps try and get up this year as well um, possibly obviously through the playoffs if West Brom and Leeds continue the way they are because they're only going to have those high earners um, you know sucking the the whole money out of the club again next year and they're going to lose some of them and, and they, you know could end up in a similar situation to us and having to rebuild again um, so while they've still got some of those high earners and sort of um, some loans and uh, younger players coming through that they've got to capitalise on it really so home games against the likes of Blackburn and us they'll be looking for three points but could be a good time to play them we're in, we're in better form um, and they're in quite poor form I wonder so. what's happened with, with them then because they were at the top end of the table I think they were like in the top two at one point yeah. obviously that is very very early on I wonder if injuries did you say Burson Selena played the last game uh, I don't think he was in the last game, no. Um, so he may be injured. Um, player, Selena, like absolute yeah, player. I think when I was looking on their Twitter, they were previewing the game for tonight against Blackburn, and they had like a whole who scored graphic on Burst and Selena, and um, people in the comments were saying play him. So yeah, he, d- he didn't play. Um, someone maybe he's fell out. Someone called George Byers played in his place. Hmm. So yeah. I wonder if. Yeah, I wonder if he's injured then, and it's a case of Charlton, you know. If he fancies coming to war to play, <laughs> I'll have him. Yeah. Okay. Like, what, what, let's do your predictions, score predictions. Lineups, it's going to be a bit difficult, I think, because it's going to be a very similar s- squad than that travelled and played against Nottingham Forest, but let's do your score predictions. Um, let's go first. It's tough because obviously we're in, we're in much better form, um, and I feel like we. We we sometimes pick our score predictions based on how the last games went, and we we always get it completely wrong. Um, so like we, we and you know we were thinking not in Forest, we're thinking okay, it's going to be a very similar game of Leeds. We're probably going to get beat, but it doesn't really matter. We're not expecting it, and then we go and pull out a one-all draw, um, and then we'd be like, oh, we were in better form actually. We could pull a, pull out a, a draw with it. So one's either we could get beat three-nil. Um, looking realistically, I think they're the better team. Um, They've got the home advantage. They they really need a win. Obviously, depends on how they play tonight against Blackburn. Um, I'm gonna go for a defeat. I don't think it'll be a drubbing. I think we'll be quite well drilled. Um, so I'm gonna go for a one nil defeat. Unfortunately. Yep. Dana. I know. I mentioned just then that we haven't won an away game all season. But it's not a better time to do it. Exactly. So. I'm gonna and and the commentator mentioned last night that we've also not kept a clean sheet away from home, so no win and no clean sheet. So I'm gonna say one nil, Borough. I'm gonna say one all. I'm gonna say as soon as I said predictions, one all just popped into my head straight away. So I'm gonna run with that. So one nil from Dana, one nil defeat from Els, and I'm gonna go with one all. We got all the ones there. All the ones, 11. Um, so I think wrapping things up, guys. I need to wrap things up, guys. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what a bad podcast this has been for me. Um, so yeah, as always, guys, like, share, subscribe to the Board Breakdown channel. Um, follow us on Instagram now. Um, we're now on that platform as well as Facebook, which we've now over 1,000. But also, on I think it's 2,100-something now on Twitter. So thank you very much for the support and following our page. We really do appreciate it. Um 
yeah, give us five star rating on iTunes. Helps us get charted and also gets found um, in the search bar as well. Um, so that's pretty much it. Well, guys, thank you very much for joining me as always. And if we win on Saturday, let's go to Manjaro's for a palmer. Want support? Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for What's Craig it? Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. I got my first real six string